Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropeneurs who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Aaron Alexander. This episode is from a recording in Beverly Hills after a documentary screening of The Twelve by Lyceal Foundation, and I got a chance to hang with Aaron Alexander, the founder and creator of the Align podcast and the Align Method. And we're talking about how our body language communicates, how protection can be kind of a false use of power, depending on how we uh, leverage protection and how opening up the heart into alignment through the protection really unlocks some superpowers. And in general, we're, we're sharing our views and our insights around what makes human beings thrive. So without any further ado, recording from Beverly Hills with Aaron Alexander. Mm. Purpose. Mm-hmm feels to me like the most purposeful thing that I can do is cutting away defense and being the most honest version of myself. Well, let's, let's drop in. So welcome back to another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet. I'm here with Aaron Alexander. We're sitting in beautiful Beverly Hills after a screening of the movie The Twelve. Um, yeah, Aaron, first I want to know like a little bit of like your dropping off. You just watched this amazing documentary. What's your first impression? Well, I was really especially obviously biased, maybe not obviously yet, but uh, biased and impressed by the Japanese because his whole thing was integrating more like joyous movements into life yeah. and how your physical body is truly is a representation of the way that you think and the way that you feel. You know, so as we're communicating to each other right now, we're looking at each other's body language. We're listening to each other's pacing of our language. Mm-hmm. We're listening to the tonality. You know, like that's yeah. what we actually care about. That's what we're actually listening to. You know, and so if you can be building your physical movement practice through something like what he was doing. Do you remember what it was called? Tenshido. Tenshido. Yeah, yeah. I got. I put it on my list of nice, somebody yeah. like. I ten, think he made looking up Tenshido yeah. right away. You know, and so he went from more of like a self-defense type perspective mm-hmm. of, of movement, which I think is really powerful as well, into more of like this like celebratory type approach yeah. of movement, which I just think is so great because we're continually moving ourselves into different thoughts and different feelings. You know, we just, at a cultural level, we don't really think about that aspect as much. We think of it as more, from what I observe, as more as like what we're we putting into our mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, but we don't think so much about like what's the actual form of the of the body that right. kinda, that that leads to the it's function more about of the, the mind, the, and the body. fuel, which is the, leads to the function, right? The fuel of the machine. Yeah. That our body is so much more than a machine. There. Yeah. Yeah. So give us a little bit more insight into your wisdom and, and your background there, because it's it's very interesting to um, see the vehicle that the body is as such a powerful stance in our reality. Because yeah. you're right. When I communicate with with anyone with you right now. I definitely read what's going on kind of in the telepathic realm and what's going on in the body language realm and of course what's going on in the intonation and the words that come out because this is what we this is the song that humans do right if we were another species like birds we would we would sing songs so I, mm-hmm. I always compare humans kind of to yeah. to a similar way as, as we are animal creatures yeah it only takes uh, apparently it only takes 40 milliseconds to read someone's face to determine mm-hmm. whether they're more of a subordinate person or more of a 
you know, higher oh, wow. ranking individual. Yeah. Like a dominant individual, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 40 milliseconds. 40 milliseconds. Pop. Done. <laughs> so as you're looking at somebody, yeah. you're seeing, okay, what's their eye contact? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, are they leaning back? Are they open? Are they broad? Or are they kind of looking away? Are they kind of protecting? Right. You know, and you can see there, it's called the, I think it's called like the, the communication dominance ratio, I believe is what mm-hmm. it's called. And you, so you can actually measure this. I don't remember exactly what the, how, how this works, but you can measure based off of the amount of time that a person that's, as I'm communicating, the amount of time that I spend with my eye contact yeah. versus the amount of time that as you're communicating, my eye contact is with you. That ratio there is you'll you'll measure that across the board an indication of who's in the dominant role in that right. relationship. You see a similar thing with Larry King, you know, like world-renowned interview guy. He's when he has conversations with people that are a higher status than he is, he'll match his tone to that person. He'll match his pacing to that person. Mm-hmm. If he's in somebody that's a lower status, then they match their tone. Yeah, and animates them to them. come with him. Yeah. Yeah, you say he animates them. He animates them to yeah, come exactly. with him, right? Because he them. has the drumbeat of giving the enunciation and the, the right. pace, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Very relatable to the indigenous cultures because even with let's say the tobacco or the the, the breathing, you you're attuning to uh, somebody's pace of processing or breathing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always so we're we're, you know, Alan Watts talks about. Are you familiar with Alan Watts? Yeah, Watts definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, he talks about. You don't need necessarily to to receive or be a part of therapy. You don't necessarily need to have like a clinical psychologist or have this book labeled therapy or psychology. You just need to be around a therapeutic person. Yeah. You know, so we're always we're like ingredients. You know, and so when you're around the right ingredients for whatever recipe it is that your essence, your spirit, your mm-hmm. what, whatever language you want to put on is, is creating when you're around those right people all of a sudden it's like oh it, it starts to invoke these sensations inside oh, of you we're like mirrors to each other but we're also like complementary like unlocking right where we're enabling yeah, kind of complementary unlocking I, I definitely agree with this experience of life as well because whatever culture you're in or whatever group you walk through different pieces of your self come out and they're all that's right possibly authentic right but you wouldn't even know them unless you hang out with let's say uh, a Spanish-speaking group or a, a group of uh, Europeans, right? Yeah. Or whatever cultural background. Which is. is why it's so important to travel, because that's like are you familiar with Joseph Campbell? Yeah, of course. A thousand faces, all yeah. stuff. So he Probably talks about, yeah. you know, like the ordinary world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we start off. We come from this this ordinary world where you assume that you grow up at your mom's house and your dad's house in New Jersey, and you play wiffle ball and you eat ham sandwiches and you cut the crust off and. It's just like, of course, this is just completely standard. This typical. is how I do it, yeah. You know, and then when you go outside of that, you realize how completely freaking bizarre your ham sandwiches with the crust cut off and wiffle ball and taking the bus and all that stuff is. You know, because everything's bizarre. Everything's bizarre. There's nothing that's not bizarre. Because it's not right or not wrong. It's just different. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. I think uh, one of the sayings that we enjoy that relate to that is, in order to have a worldview, one needs to kind of view the world first and travel outside your own um, comfort zones, your own cultural etiquettes to realize, oh wow, if I look at the same thing from over here, it starts looking very different. Mm, yeah, a similar kind of idea that I've been tinkering with, it's not my own idea, but I think it's really fascinating, is 
to really experience your body, it's quite helpful to, to let go of your body, mm-hmm. you know? And so we can get so wrapped up. Like I can remember back from like bodybuilding and being really like obsessive about, uh, the way that I look. Right. You know, if I didn't feel or feel as though I looked big and strong and powerful, you know, I just felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like I wouldn't be loved. I felt like yeah. I was, you know, just inferior, whatever that may be. Um, but to really get into the, the highest expression of your body, of your yeah. mind, of yourself, it's really valuable to be able to get to a point where you completely fucking drop the whole thing. You know, and it's like, it's just that I think the body could be maybe in like, it could almost like be like the ordinary world in a sense. Definitely. Leaving the body. Definitely, because so. being strong, there are so many different versions of it. Um, just being physically, literally strong is, is definitely just one expression. Kind well, of like oftentimes it's just a compensation. The the bread, yeah. You know, sometimes you yeah. can almost spot someone that has something to protect based off of their outer expressions. You know, and so it's like a, a house. You know, if you have, if you put the barbed wire up and you have the, the fence and you know all the stuff, from a criminal perspective, they're like. I want what's in there. Right. <laughs> because you're protecting it. Because yeah. you're, you're obviously protecting yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you go to a place where it's just like a dude in a hammock, and he's just sitting back, and he's got his little dachshund, chihuahua, whatever dog, yeah. he's like, you know, hey. <laughs> you know, the criminals walk by, they're like, cool, sweet, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want to help that guy out, it's cool. He's like, you know, he's, he's fine, he's chill. <laughs> yeah, but as you, as you protect, it's almost like you're putting signals out to the world. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, he's protecting something, what is that? I like what you're, what you're pointing at or what you're hinting at because it, what I hear you saying is basically there are um, a lot of levels to communication. And one of them is obviously the way we pace and enunciate with our language the way we use language, but then the next level would be body language, and then beyond that even, what you kind of insinuate and put into the space, right? Mm-hmm. What's going on on your internal mind actually is somewhat visible to others. Thoughts aren't really that private, right? Neither are our tendencies or our directions. No, yeah. So how do you feel right now? Right now, this moment? Yeah. I feel, I feel happy to have this chance to talk to you, so I feel like a joy that's coming through my chest upward. I feel a little tense That's because I've been good. running all day to make this event for the 60 people happen here to screen this movie. There's music next door, people doing a Q&A. Um, it's the end of the day, it's like 11.30 p.m. So I can feel a little bit of fatigue in there too. What could you do to release the fatigue and come in? Probably uh, <laughs> there was! Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. Laugh a little more. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, breath is like, that's the shit. You know, like we have uh, Iyengar called the breath the king of the nervous system totally you know and so that like when you when you're like oh you could feel the tension in your belly and so since that little like ah just gone actually yeah. you're like oh cool there's still layers to it you know but so a yeah. few more little breaths you boom oh oh ah totally. you know like stanley groff's work right who used to yeah, work on exactly. the research and then when he got shut down he actually realized i want to create something else that's similarly potent, takes people to those places. Yeah. And he started inventing breath work and holotropic ways of mm-hmm. breathing ourselves in the states of extraordinary places of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. So people can, yeah. people can start to leverage something as simple as your breath 
and start to leverage that as almost like a toggle that controls your central nervous system and your autonomic nervous system. You know, so if you start to just learn really basic fundamentals like that you just showed, you know, if you are feeling a little bit of like a clench or tension in your belly, and now as well, now that we're talking about it, all of a sudden, both of us are like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so in the, the beginning, there was a little bit more of like a, I don't know, like an intellectual ping pong right. type thing. of yeah. like, okay, cool. I said, okay, well, cool. You know, it's like that, that dynamic, and then eventually you start to merge together. You're like, okay, cool. It's kind of but the breath from, the, allows that. from the small talk going into the depth of who we truly are in the moment, right? Because the breath, as you say, paves the way to allowing the, we're feeling each other in space. Yeah. And when we're feeling each other in space, different things are actually relevant, uh, important, and, and kind of at the forefront of mind, rather mm. than intellectual con- context or concepts I might have rehearsed before I got here, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. I want to ask you a last question, Aaron, and that is around purpose. Mm-hmm. In your own words, um, you can totally describe what purpose you're crafting right now, but in your own words, what does purpose really, really mean to you, and, and what, how does it show up in life? Mm. Purpose. Mm-hmm. Feels to me like the most purposeful thing that I can do is cutting away defense and being the most honest version of myself. You know, so cutting down anything that's kind of like a protect, some type of protection device or something that's kind of keeping me from being able to express myself entirely, mm-hmm. you know, love entirely, love mm-hmm. myself entirely. You know, so any constriction within myself that impedes my capacity for love um, to me purpose is the journey of unwinding all of that shit you know and wow. so if yeah. if each day yeah the wrench around my heart is a little bit less wrenchy i'm like okay cool that was a, that was a cool day i i just felt that <laughs> that was a good one wow <laughs> the wrench around our heart yeah, and then yet, yet I, I, I perceive you and have met you tonight as, as a very like open, helpful, loving person, right? But the wrench on our inside is actually quite quite real, and yeah, I, lo- I love that you how you shared that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that's that. Another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I truly hope you had a good time listening to this interview and gain some form of new perspective, inside or knowledge that serves you, that enriches your life. And if that's the case, make sure to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow the social media on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube, and simply be part of the conversation one step at a time. Wherever you are, have yourself a stellar day.